Hello, and welcome to Sunday Devotionals with John and Rachel. We're so honored to have you join us as we explore God's truth and get to know him in a more authentic and intimate way. As we go through life, many of us have questions, concerns, and issues that may hinder us from fully embracing who God is and who he's called us to be. These devotionals are designed to help us navigate life and all that comes with it, learning and growing in God. So pull up a chair and grab a cup of coffee, or in my case, tea, and join us as we fellowship. For the past few months, we've been studying and discussing God's character and his attributes. And we've talked about his love at great length, his justice, his sovereignty. And for the past few weeks, we have been studying very closely God's wisdom. Now, just so we're not confused, God's wisdom is not the same as our wisdom. In fact, God's wisdom is his ability to get the best possible results by the best possible means, first for his glory, and then for the highest good of the greatest number of his creatures for the longest time. In a nutshell, this means God doesn't make mistakes and he already has pre-planned everything out, which gives us great consolation as we look at our lives in the framework of these coming days. That's right. I almost look at God's wisdom as sort of a secret weapon that ace in the hole, so to speak. While the majority of people in the world are trying to figure it out on their own, as people of God, we have our secret weapon, which is God's wisdom. Mm. I mean, wouldn't you want to just refer to the inventor, the one who has created the manual, so that you're able to get an inside scoop on exactly how things work and what's supposed to happen and how it's supposed to play out. If we just relinquish control and allowed God's wisdom to be at play in our lives and really, really appreciated what God's wisdom does and how it works, we'd be set. Life would be so much easier. We'd be set. Wow. And especially in the season that we're approaching and how the world is shifting and we are approaching Such a paradigm shift. I keep saying that because it's true. Mm -hmm. The whole, the way the world is operating is changing. And so it's only going to take God's wisdom and his leading and discernment to be able to navigate and ride that wave. Absolutely. So let's go deeper. All of us have a degree of wisdom that we have because we're aging. The problem with our wisdom is our wisdom is predicated and dependent upon our own acceptance of what is factual. It's dependent on our own intelligence, it's dependent on our own experience, so then therefore it's limited by as far as we can see and think. It is limited by what we are willing to accept. It takes into consideration what we see and what we hear. And it's limited to that. That's human wisdom. Now, there's varying degrees. You've got some people who are senior citizens. They have tons of human wisdom. They have been through things. They have life experience. They can, they can teach the younger ones uh, to avoid certain pitfalls in life because of their vantage point. This is human wisdom. Spiritual wisdom is wisdom that is directly given to us by God. 
It is God's ability to give us the way he thinks about things. It's God's ability to allow us to see things his way and make decisions that he would make that would sometimes go contrary to what we would think is the right thing to do in our own wisdom. You don't have to be super smart to have divine wisdom. You don't have to know anything except God to have divine wisdom. Okay. I just want to clear that up. Now, just to make this, just to bring this home as far as how important this is in our lives. um, We are faced with so many decisions to make every single day. Now, I want you to take a moment right now to think about your life. Think about your life and the sum total of your days as you live in them now. Think about all the times that you thought you had a good idea and you thought that it would be a good plan to do A, B, and C, and D. And the result of that didn't really give you what you thought it would when you first thought it out. How many of us have said, oh, you know what? I'm going to do this. And because we rationalized it, we thought it out. We said this would be a good idea. And it just didn't turn out you know, the way we planned. And the main reason why is because we could not control all of the variables. And that's, that's what's crazy, right? God's wisdom takes into consideration every possible variable. Mm-hmm. See, our wisdom only takes into consideration the variables that we can think about. Yeah, and that, that's, that's really what, 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 what's powerful about the fact that when we lean on our own understanding and we try to just do stuff without acknowledging God, we open ourselves up to a greater degree of failure um, and a greater degree of heartache because we don't see every possible probability. This is why talking about creation and focus on God and his godness is so key because it helps us to trust the fact that God knows best. So human wisdom is what we acquire from living. Divine wisdom is what God gives us when we ask. Okay. Some of us may be praying, you know, we all been through it. You know, Lord, if you bless me with this, thank you, Lord. Just bless me with this. Bless me with that car. Bless me with that house. Heal me from this. Do this and do that. And these seem to us seem like really major things. And I was thinking about this today and I was like, how many times have I prayed amiss? I've prayed for the end result when I should just be praying for wisdom because wisdom will lead me to where I need to go to get my prayer answered. Me asking God for wisdom puts me in a situation and and allows me to participate in my own miracle. It allows me to join hands with God so that I can participate in him bringing me out or delivering me or helping me with an issue. And then along that line, and while we are, while I'm working with God and God is working with me, I'm learning about God and I'm learning about me. And these are, these are the things that God has always intended. He's always wanted us to have relationship with him. So just think about how powerful this is. We're talking about the God of the universe. We're talking about the God. The Bible says the earth is his footstool. The earth is his ottoman. That means he rests his feet on the earth. Okay. Many of us have been on an airplane. 
Okay, none of us have been in outer space, but we can understand how grand and big the earth is to us and how insignificant we are when we're up in that plane and we look down at our house and we can't even see. It looks like a speck. But God rests his feet on the earth. The Bible says that the universe is his throne. This is the God that wants to have a relationship with us. So what he does is he creates a way for us to be able to commune with him, communicate with him. And he is so patient with us that he'll wait until we have the right life circumstance so that we can get, he can get our attention. And then once he gets our attention, he waits some more for us to make time for him. He waits some more. And all this is because God really wants a relationship with you and me. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1, 27, God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. He says, if you want to have life, you got to die to yourself. If you want to win, you have to be okay with losing. If you want to be rich, you got to be willing to give everything away. In order for you to gain, you got to work hard and do certain things. But in the spirit, you got to trust me, which sometimes means you going down in order to go up. But that's foolishness. How is going down going to help me go up? If I'm going down, I'm going down. If we're able to look at look at our lives from God's perspective, we will see how there were times where things went bad for us. But if they didn't go bad, you wouldn't have taken that shortcut. And this is this, and it all comes down to trust, right? So, the, like I said before, it's the same awe-inspiring wisdom that we see on display through creation is available for all of us. The same wisdom that we see in creation is the same wisdom that God wants to give us in navigating your next decision. I'll let that sit right there. The same confidence that you have, that you know tomorrow morning the sun is going to rise and the sun is going to go down at night. You don't have to pray for them. It's just already set up. It's the same confidence we can have in our relationship with God that when we say, Lord, I need help with this, give me your wisdom. The decision that we make after we pray and believe that, everything's going to work out according to God's plan. Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3, 18, 19, if any man among you seems to be wise in this world, that means, you know, they're really smart. They, they, they're the higher ups. They're the ones who are making the decisions about which way we should go and what we should do and all that. It's the wisdom of the world. It's the power of the human spirit. It's all that stuff, right? Let him become a fool that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. 1 Corinthians 2, 6 through 16 says, we teach wisdom to people who are mature, but the wisdom we teach is not of this world, but we speak of God's secret wisdom that has been hidden from everyone until now. God planned this wisdom for our glory. He planned it before the world began. Hold on, let me stop right there. God demonstrates his wisdom to us for our glory, which means if you seek me and you run every one of your decisions through me, the chances are you're going to look like me because you're going to be making the decisions that I have made. 
And that's going to cause your life to be full of fulfillment and joy and peace, even when it looks like things are not going well. The Bible is full of scenarios where the scenario from the human point of view looks awful. Every Bible story you read, it is intentionally left in there, the problems and the suffering and the stuff that didn't seem like it was going right. Who can know what is on the Lord's mind? There's a level of humility that we have to have in our own lives as we live them in accordance to walking with God and trusting that he has the best plan for our lives. We have been given Christ's way of thinking. What is Christ's way of thinking? How is Jesus thinking? Because the Bible wants us to have the mind of Christ. Because the mind of Christ embodies the spirit of wisdom. The mind of Christ, thinking like Jesus, is equal to having spiritual wisdom. Living your life according to how Jesus would live is another way for us to see God's wisdom being activated in our everyday life. Jesus Christ is God's greatest example of what spiritual wisdom looks like. The Bible says in Isaiah 11, 2 and 3, the Lord's spirit, and this is talking about Jesus' character, okay? So this is what we would like to emulate. The Lord's spirit will always be with that new king, meaning Christ, to give him wisdom, understanding, guidance, and power. The spirit will help him, watch this, first know and respect the Lord. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fear not meaning, oh, God, it's so scary, like thunderstorms from before. No, fear means put some respect on his name. Fear means revering him, adoring him, consulting him, communicating with him. That's what fear means. It's reverence. So the first thing that the spirit of wisdom would allow us to have that is exemplified through the character of Christ is to seek to know and respect the Lord. Then the next thing is we learn how to find joy in obeying the Lord. Doing it God's way ain't always fun. Matter of fact, most times it's going to hurt because it goes against what you want to do because we are flesh and blood. We are tied to this earth. So there are certain things that we would like to do and see that may not that may make us feel better, but it may not be God's plan for our life. So in seeking to live your life according to how Christ's character should be manifest in our lives, we first must learn to know or seek to know and respect God to find joy in obeying God, which means striving to do what you know God would be pleased about. Thirdly, Christ will not judge people by the way things look. He will not judge by listening to rumors. Another text says he will not judge things by what he sees or what he hears. We are seeing and hearing a lot of stuff right now. This world is crazy right now. If we turn the news on, we are seeing and hearing all kinds of stuff. The numbers are this, this is that, don't go here, do this, do that, 
Stop doing this. Everybody get ready. Do this and that. And if you allow your mind to just go on cruise control, you will be crazy. You will be depressed. The list goes on. You will be anxious. Doctors' offices are full with people who are getting prescriptions for depression, anxiety, all kinds of stuff. It's on an all-time high. If you look at the commercials on TV right now, most of them are medication. Migraines, this and that. Have you noticed that? Have you seen that? There is a need for divine wisdom more now than we have ever had it before. We have to trust that God is not surprised by anything that is going on. And God has to be our confidence, and he has to be the one that causes us to see things his way. Now, verse 9 is powerful. This is Isaiah 11, 2 through 3, and then now I'm going to jump down to verse 9. The result of Christ's character being manifested in our lives, once again, Christ's character is the personification of the wisdom of God being activated in our lives. Now, this is the result of having Christ's character in our lives. This is what the Bible says the world will look like. People will stop hurting each other. People on my holy mountain will not want to destroy things. Why? Because they know the Lord. When you know the Lord, because God has allowed his spirit to cause your character to demonstrate or, or, or mirror that of the character of Christ, you will have supernatural divine wisdom to go with you in every decision that you'd have to make in your life. So how can you get this wisdom? James 1, 2 through 6. My brothers and sisters, you will have many kinds of troubles. See, that's the beautiful thing about God. He's going to tell you up front, listen, life is hard. You're going to have problems. But this gives you a reason to be very happy. You know that when your faith is tested, you will learn to be patient in suffering. If you let that patience work in you, the end result will be good. You will be mature. Mature meaning have a teachable heart. You will be complete. You will be all that God wants you to be. Do any of you need wisdom? Ask God for it, for he is generous and enjoys giving to everyone, so he will give you wisdom. Watch this. But when you ask God, you must believe, don't doubt him, for whoever doubts is like a wave in the sea that is blown up and down by the wind. People like that are thinking two different things at the same time. They can never decide what to do. So they should not think that they will receive anything from God. God, I need wisdom for the coming days. Lord, I need your help. I need you to help me with my life's decisions. I need you to help me with this job situation. I need you to help me with raising my kids. I need you to help me with my relationships with my spouse. I need you to help me with whatever I need you to help me with. Now, when you ask God for that, you don't lean on your own understanding. When you ask God for that, you trust that he has given you the wisdom and then you go about things trusting and confident that he has given it to you, and you move forward.
The Bible's saying, if you ask God for wisdom and then start leaning on your own understanding, you're trying to make two decisions at the same time, which will cause you to do nothing. And then you won't see God's wisdom activated in your life. And those types of people who pray and ask God for something, but then end up doing their own thing, can't expect to receive anything from the Lord. That's what the Bible said. This has been a process for us. I think, you know, moving down here and just 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 learning how to trust God even more um, has been a lesson for us to trust the fact that, listen, sometimes you got to be like, ain't nobody God but God. I, I don't know. But, Lord, I've given you my confidence comes from the fact that, Lord, I've given you my life. And if I look crazy, you gonna look crazy. So sometimes it's just that that real with my conversation with God. I'll come to God. Listen, God, look. We're doing what you led us to do. We're doing what you call us to do. Whatever the consequences are, I'm trusting that all this stuff is going to work together for our good. And you're going to take care of us and you're going to provide for us and you're going to make us a blessing. And then I go to sleep. Or at least try to. And that's easier said than done. But our confidence in God needs to go to another level. And that is what this series about trusting God's wisdom and allowing his wisdom to be the guide for our lives. It comes by asking God for supernatural help. And what God does is he gives you his mind, the mind of Christ. And now you'll start thinking like Jesus and making Jesus decisions. Yeah. You want to say something? Just before we close, we're about to pray, but just in line with what you just said, what if even this, and this is not to say that God has implemented this uh, I don't know, call it disease or whatever, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this pandemic the, mm-hmm. or, or what's caused the pandemic. Not to say that God implemented it, but if his wisdom is in, is in play with allowing it to have impacted the world the way it has in the fact that he has allowed us to not only slow down, but completely stop. Mm-hmm. And he's allowed other people that under normal circumstances, he wouldn't have got their attention. Yeah. Now he's got your full attention because of what has taken place. Yeah. This is his wisdom at play. He's using everything, things that are new to us. He is using that and he's now working it for his advantage because all things work together. Yeah. He's now working it for our advantage. And what some of us would have been caught out there. And we've said this and people have said it. Jesus Christ is soon to come and he's coming to get his church. Those people that have committed their life and their way to him, it won't be long. And I believe that he has taken this situation and this, this, these world events, and he has allowed the time for us to wake up and to come to an awareness that we were not coming to had our world not been shaken. Our complete world has been shaken. Everything has changed. Our way of life, our way of thinking, what we expect, even in our bodies, everything has changed. And he's taking that with his divine wisdom and he's using it to now get us to the place that we needed to be so that when he comes back, we're in the right position and we're ready to go with him. So I just want you to keep that in mind as well as we contemplate 
and we meditate on not only his wisdom, but all his attributes, all the characteristics that he possesses, and keeping that in line with who we are and our relationship with him. So Lord, we thank you and we praise you for this time, this session, yet again, that you've allowed us to experience, that you have spoken to us, the God of the universe, you are. The earth is your footstool and the universe is your throne. And yet you have taken the time to speak. We don't take it for granted. We don't take it lightly. Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. We recognize your wisdom that has been at play since the foundations of the world. And right now in our present circumstances, your wisdom is at play. We recognize it. Yes, Lord. You said to ask for your wisdom, and so we're asking for it now, God. I pray, God, that each and every listener, each and every participant, as they are hearing the words go forth, that they will meditate, that they will stay, those words will stay in them, stay with them, and that more importantly, you, your voice will be heard. I pray, God, that as we continue to go throughout our daily lives, throughout the week, I pray, God, that you will continue to be with us. Yes, Lord. I pray that you will continue to guide us, to lead us, and that as we ask for your wisdom, that we will receive it and that we will make decisions based on it, God. And Lord, I pray a special prayer for anybody that may not be saved. They may be hearing the words and they may start to understand and come to a revelation of who you are, but they don't quite know how to get to the next step. Yes, Lord of having that relationship with you. I pray that you reveal yourself to them, God. Yes, Lord. I pray, God, that salvation be theirs today. Yes, Lord. That all they have to do is believe that you are, that you came, you died, you rose, and you're coming again. Yes, Lord. We thank you for this gift of salvation. And we thank you for wisdom. And we thank you for who you are. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.